when I look at astrology, I'm looking at the correlations and how it's a reflection of reality, how it's a mirror, how everything in our reality is a mirror to us, that astrology is just a cosmic mirror for our soul and for our experience. Hi friends, and welcome to Do The Damn Thing. I'm your host, Lauren LaRue. I'm an entrepreneur, a lifestyle coach, and a content creator for my brand, LaRue. And if you're here today, it's because you're ready to elevate your lifestyle, live more intentionally, and achieve your dreams. And you found just the right place to do so. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another, as always, fabulous episode of the Do The Damn Thing podcast. As per usual, I am so thrilled to have you here with me today. And it's another very exciting episode day. I have a wonderful, beautiful, magical guest with me today. I am so, so pumped to do this podcast. I have Sarah, or as she's known as Swan, this magical being in front of me. And I'm so pumped to have her on. She is an astrologer and tarot reader, and I know her through Haley's Dream Away community. You guys know Haley. I've had her on the podcast, and I talk about her all the time. And I'm so happy to have Sarah on. I'll be very honest with you guys, and I've, I've said this like intermittently before, when I was in college, really is the first time I was introduced to this kind of conversation around tarot and around astrology, and I thought it was complete, like, <laughs> not real. <laughs> I'll be kind. <laughs> I thought it was a bunch of BS. I was like, how could anyone believe in any of this stuff? But then, especially as I got into my healing journey and my spiritual, like, in-touchness, I definitely discovered not only how real it is, but how relevant. And so that's why I'm so excited to have Sarah on today. So Sarah, without further ado, why don't you introduce yourself to the people? Hello, um, my name is Sarah or Swan. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Lauren. I also think it's a little bit funny because I also definitely used to think astrology and tarot was a bunch of bs and i was very very skeptical of it too i think it's the virgo in both of yes. us that earth sign but it's something that i've definitely grown to love and now i incorporate it in my daily life and i find it to be really really helpful in helping me move through the seasons and currents of my life yeah oh i love that i definitely want to dive into you just like expanding on how you got into tarot and letting the people know like how you were introduced to it and then I definitely want to hear like for you what that switch was from this is not relevant to oh my god I love this this is very relevant to my life so why don't you go ahead yeah so my first introduction to tarot and astrology was when I was pretty young my mom had a friend who was an astrologer and we would go over to her house and I wasn't really aware of like what they were talking about I was kind of doing my own thing playing in the background but I think that that definitely influenced my subconscious a little bit. And I do remember I would love to read like the Sunday horoscope sun signs in the newspaper. I always thought they were so interesting. Um, and I was super into like magic and figuring out like the energy within the earth and within all of us. I thought that was so, so fascinating. Um, and then as I got older and my mom got back into Catholicism and that kind of stuff wasn't really talked about in our house mm -hmm. um and so i wasn't really exposed to it as much until i was in probably high school and then definitely more into college and as i got more into college and i started to explore more of my own belief systems and how i wanted to approach going forward and moving through the world and i started to you know really explore tarot and astrology a little bit more it was definitely something that my friends and the people around me were interested in um and I was skeptical too, but I found that 
the more that I did it, especially like giving readings for friends or doing my own readings, the more that I did it, the more I noticed these parallels and synchronicities that I couldn't ignore. I'd been taught logically to recognize patterns mm -hmm. and to look at things and obviously to be skeptical. I think we're taught yeah, to be really absolutely. skeptical of things. Mm -hmm. um, so I tried to be skeptical of it, but it was just so profound mm -hmm. to me how the person pulling the cards or the person you were reading for would get such a direct and impactful mm -hmm. message for them. And the synchrony, like the patterns, like I read for a couple at the beginning of their relationship. Um, and I read for one of them first and then we switched and I shuffled the deck, cleansed it completely. The other partner left the room and we started the second reading and they pulled the exact same first card out of the deck. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. To start the reading. Yeah, and so it's like these little things where it's like the likelihood of that is so mm -hmm. statistically low, mm -hmm. but that kind of thing happens kind of a lot oh my gosh, when you start yes. getting into tarot and astrology. Yes. So it, it's something that I started to really look at more and go, okay, this might have some application mm -hmm. in my life. Um, and I, I think once the pandemic hit for sure, I had already had that kind of tickle. Mm -hmm. I'd been interested in it. And then I was like, all right, I'm going deep mm -hmm. into it. Um, and that's when I really started to dive into the techniques, um, and learning more about the details mm -hmm. and all the nuances. Yeah. I think the, the way you described it being so profound, I would love to expand on that because I feel really similar to it in the sense of it feels almost like not almost, I would say definitely like the way we communicate with the universe and with energy and with, you know magic or the like the power that be whatever you want to call it right and yes. i think that that's what gave me a leg to stand on when i started looking into it and learning more because on a similar note to you i you know i was raised in a christian household but once i left i you know definitely especially moving to new york and going to school here i was exposed to so much and created certainly my own belief systems and now I'm at a point in my life where my my God, whatever I prescribe to, is like a universal power. How does astrology like correlate with that? And how, if if that's what you believe, you know, how to, how to, like is astrology? I guess what I'm asking is that the way we actually do like communicate with universal signs and like the power. That's such an interesting question. I really like it. Um, one of the things I love about astrology is I find it to be really non-denominational is not exactly the word but like not religiously mm -hmm. or spiritually necessarily associated yeah. where when i look at astrology i find it not to be also causative where i don't think astrology is necessarily influencing our life mm -hmm. but it's correlative mm -hmm. where we go through these cycles and seasons of energy and it it makes more sense if you think about seasons of the earth mm -hmm. we go through these seasons and we're all very familiar with oh yeah we go through spring we go through summer mm -hmm. fall winter but I think there are also these larger energetic patterns and seasons and things that might not necessarily be so visually direct, like, you know, the seasons that happen yeah, that every year, but sense. it's like the patterns of the moon, yeah. the cycles, and we're all part of the same energetic reality. Mm -hmm. We're all part of the same universe. We're all interacting with each other on the same energetic plane and maybe different energetic planes as well. Um, but I think it's, 
it's something where when I look at astrology, I'm looking at the correlations and how it's a reflection of reality, how mm. it's a mirror, how everything in our reality is a mirror to us. Astrology is just a cosmic mirror for our soul and for our experience. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> that's my quote right there that I'm going to pull for the that's podcast. <laughs> that was gorgeous. So eloquent. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. I think that, yeah, like, when I started getting into it, I think what definitely made me start to buy into it and like be curious about it and want to learn more, the point that you made, like it's not necessarily prescribing to any sort of religious practice, but if that's where you want to base a sort of like spiritual religious yes. belief, you can. So I think it's also like very lenient in belief, whereas a lot of other things may not be. And I think that that's what attracted me to it in the first place, because even, and I think like you've, you've talked about this too. I think even with whatever the signs say, whether you're doing a reading or like, you know, with cards or a birth chart reading or whatever is like cosmically happening, you can still interpret so much of it personally, which I think is very, very beautiful. And it makes it such like a personal connection. Yeah, and I think this is something I've said before too, but astrology, it's something that, it's something I experience where I'm observing mm -hmm. these patterns and I'm watching it and mm -hmm. I'm looking at, okay, what are the energies of maybe cancer season or Leo season now typically mm -hmm. like? And then I'm saying, okay, what am I experiencing and how am I observing these these types mm -hmm. of energies or these patterns showing up in my own life and then it becomes a tool for self-reflection and like you said it becomes so easy then mm -hmm. to connect it to whatever your deeper belief is if you believe in a mm -hmm. higher power a greater entity in the universe whatever that may be it becomes mm -hmm. really easy to say wow this is a reflection of their power that beauty mm -hmm. that creation um, but if that's not something you subscribe to you can also look at it and say this is a mirror mm -hmm. of reality and energy um, whatever works for you, which is something that I love about it. It's very flexible. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's amazing. I think, yeah, I think astrology, if it, if it's something you want to learn about, like it's so fun to create such a personal relationship with it and like, just let it influence your life how you want it to. I just, I love that. And I, I see that with you, you know, I see the way it influences your life and you know, we've talked and we've known each other for a long time now. And I just like, it's, it's so empowering. It's like proof, you know, it, it becomes that like evidentiary proof of the way we can have a connection with like universal power or with the earth. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Amazing. So you said that you've been observing these patterns for a while now, and I want to dive into that a little bit more in the sense of if someone was curious as to kind of the breakdown of effect or like you said not necessarily causation but correlation like how does astrology affect maybe the year because i know like this is the year of sixes right or the twos create six and then like how does it affect your day-to-day -day? you go ahead yeah so that has to do more with numerology that that's the two zero two oh, okay. two which adds up to six which makes mm -hmm. this a six year which then you can talk about how six in the tarot is associated with the lovers and so this might be a year of okay. love or options and growth um, it might have a little bit more of that duality energy um, with the lovers in it but when i look at the astrology of the year there are definitely you know a lot of longer term transits as well that might be impacting um, and we talk about the astrological year it starts in march um, at the spring equinox mm -hmm. 
but for the sake of you know making it make sense for everyone we'll just go with the calendar year um so starting in january we had the north node move into taurus and the south node move into scorpio so that's one of the big major transits i would say is affecting this year and one of the things any year i would look at is where are the nodes transiting through because um, the nodes talk about our soul's highest expression um, and when it's like an annual transit like this it's more collective um, when i'm looking at maybe a collective chart so collectively we might be moving more into taurus energy and releasing some of that scorpio energy so i would say maybe moving more into luxury more into physical connection more into physical embodiment there might be a little bit more stubbornness if we're moving into lower vibrations of taurus um, but higher vibrations tend to be really connected to the body um, embodiment of values uh, luxury these kinds of things because taurus is ruled by venus as well and letting go of mm. some of our more scorpio qualities so maybe some of these deeper rooted emotional scorpio is a water sign so our deeper rooted emotional mm. uh, messages or beliefs some of our fixed emotional things that we've carried for a long time we might be shifting i've noticed a lot of shifts for a lot of people around identity or old wounding um, these kinds of things like really mm generational things i even overheard in a cafe the other day somebody talking about how their parents were getting more open um and this is just a conversation i'm overhearing about how their parents are getting more open and talking about healing more and having more of that generational mm. connection so i think it's really interesting to see the these patterns playing out in the collective that's very interesting i also okay i feel like this is so overwhelming to learn about because there are 12 signs like that right there are yep, 12 yep. Right? am i wrong okay <laughs> okay and then there's there's like 12 houses yep. and then you have your like big three and you have a south and north node i'm not gonna ask you to explain all of that because that's a lot but why don't we dive into perhaps the big three like what those represent in your life and maybe i think i know the south and north nodes are like really important too could you explain those a little bit more yeah so when it comes to the big three one of the first signs and the first sign that i look at when i look at any birth chart is always the ascendant or the rising sign and the reason why the ascendant or the rising sign is important is because this is where the eastern horizon is at the moment of your birth and if you think about qualities of the eastern horizon this is where the sun rises into the world and like rises over mm -hmm. the into the sky and becomes visible this is where all of the planets will rise over that eastern horizon and they then become visible in the world and so at that moment of birth when your energy becomes energetically independent from your mother and you become self-sustaining your energy is rising into the world for the first time oh that's so beautiful yeah I love and that. so that eastern horizon then becomes a really important point in the chart and one of the most important foundational angles of the entire chart um, and that's the ascendant or the rising sign interchanged um so that's the first thing that i look at when i look at any chart and the ascendant changes approximately every two hours so this is why it's so important to know your exact time of birth when trying to draw Got a chart okay. the next sign when people talk about the big three is the sun and i would actually so i would look at your primary luminary so depending on whether you were born during the day or born at night i would look at the sun or the moon first so some people might not resonate so much with your sun sign and i would ask you to maybe look at your rising sign and say do you resonate more with your rising sign and then were you born at night 
you might resonate more with your moon sign. Um, I was born at night, and I found that I resonate really strongly with my moon sign, which I hadn't known about before. Um, so the sun represents the conscious light in the chart. It's what illuminates our world. Um, it's sort of the it's our conscious illumination. It's how we think about things, our perspective, um, whereas the ascendant is a little bit more of that soul energy. So the consciousness and the soul, then you can kind of see how they start to interact where the ascendant and the rising, are, or the ascendant and the sun, excuse me, are separate, but they play into that role of identity together. Mm-hmm. And then the moon, the moon reflects the sun's light. The moon doesn't produce any of its own light, but it's reflective. And so the moon then starts to represent things like our physical body and our emotions, the things that we reflect our consciousness with. Um, And so the moon can be a really interesting one to look at for subconscious mind, for shadow self, for deeper inner healing work Mm. as well. Um, Moon signs are one of my favorites to look at. Interesting. Okay. Well, I've shared on this podcast. Let's just dive in. Um, this, first of all, let me say you explain astrology with such a like poetic undertone and you make it so interesting. So first, thanks for that. Cause sometimes like reading about it, I'm just like, oh my God, (laughs) this is like, I'm like back in college. Um, but to further explain, to help people understand would love, you know, for you to dive into my chart. So I thought that would be really fun. I am a Virgo sun and a Taurus moon and a cap rising. Yes. Now, the way you said the rising and the sun intersect, love to explain, would love for you to explain the Virgo and cap in me. (laughs) You're so much earth sign and I love it. (laughs) I know. It's so good. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. So here we've got, I'm looking at your chart. You've got Capricorn as your ascendant at... 24 degrees and the ruler of capricorn is saturn so i always look to the ruler of a sign to get more information about the chart as well and so you've got the ruler of capricorn in your fourth house of aries which might add a little bit of a spicy nature to that that capricorn (laughs) energy right you might be a little bit more that's very true very spicy more driven more initiative aries is the first sign in the zodiac right so it likes to start things so you might love to start things then when we think about saturn Mm. qualities of saturn Saturn's all about boundaries, limits, restrictions, hierarchies. It's known as the great teacher. So that's part of why Capricorn does so well with structures and hierarchies and climbing the social ladder. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's that influence from Saturn. And so having that in Aries makes me think you might be really initiative. You might be a self-starter. You might start to create hierarchies or structures, create your own systems, create your own structures that and that might feel really natural and because it's in the fourth house at home Mm -hmm. for you and you might create structures also fourth house around your home life that then benefit you overall in your soul in your independence in your reaching for your attainment success that kind of thing does that make sense wow yeah that that a hundred thousand percent resonates and then You also have Neptune super, super close to the Ascendant, which I love because that's not a typical Capricorn energy. Neptune is very dreamy. It's much more romantic. It's much more fantastical. So this makes me think you're a big dreamer, which I know to be true. Oh, shucks. Um, So it's really big energy, um, which I love. And then, so yeah, then the sun, because you were born during the day, the sun is your primary luminary. It's above the horizon. So it's illuminating that half of the chart. 
you have it here in Virgo. And so then Virgo has that that same earth energy where Capricorn is cardinal earth. So it's more initiative. It likes to start things. It's more shifting physical structures. Virgo is mutable earth. So it's influenced by the energy around it. And it tends to be a little bit more, not necessarily go with the flow because it's Virgo and it's earth, but influenced by the people around you. So you might find that, you know, your friend groups or the people that you have around you really mm -hmm. influence the way that mm -hmm. you think, the way that you express yourself, and because it's in your ninth house, the way that you expand. Because oh. the ninth house talks about higher learning and expansion. So for you, I would really recommend having people yeah. around you who expand your thinking, who really push you to go the extra mile, you know? I feel like that definitely resonates with who I am now. Um, that's it, It's interesting to hear this too and think back about like, past versions of myself like who I was in high school and how this might resonate that's really interesting okay keep going yeah um and so then I always look to the ruler again so the ruler of Virgo is Mercury which you have here at home in Virgo and you also have your north node here so there's a lot kind of going on in your Virgo ninth house that really points to somebody who is really expansive somebody who loves higher learning somebody who likes the details of higher learning too um likes organizing and going into things and figuring out how can I structure this in a way that's going to be expansive and take me to the next level how can I revise this so that it'll really be the next level of success because um, yeah. that ninth house is all about broadening horizons foreign travel expansion that kind of thing and so then mm -hmm. again I would say foreign travel is something that is probably really important to you feels good to you and is mm -hmm. part of your soul's journey with a ninth house north node interesting wow that's so mm. where do you find a good line because like so much of that i guess in the same sense with tarot and like oracle cards or signs or anything like where do you find a good line or even like boundary with this especially for someone like you who's like so into this and like is building a career out of it to let it influence you like how how much do you let this influence your decision making and like your life because everything you just said almost like all of it very very much so hit a hundred percent home for me and like feels like you just described exactly who I am but at the same sense like if let's say to me all a lot of what you just said was very positive but if someone took it in a not as positive way like how how do you create that boundary of influence to think like perhaps these aren't limitations does that make sense yeah so one of the things i will say with any astrology is there are no good placements or bad placements at all okay um which is kind of a tricky one because there are still like planets that are considered to be benefic and malefic so Jupiter and Venus are considered to be the benefic planets. They're considered to be helpful, whereas Saturn and Mars are considered to be the malefic or challenging planets where they tend to create mm -hmm. problems or obstacles or difficulty. Um, but that's not necessarily true because each placement is an energy. And energy, I t like to think of it as a wavelength where you can vibrate higher, you can vibrate lower. It's kind of like, you know, music or any kind of wavelength free frequency where you know mars is a planet where it's one of the ones considered to be a malefic planet it can be 
you know, stubborn. It can be angry. It can be feisty, fight, like all those kinds of like more aggressive. Um, mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily fun to be around. But Mars mm -hmm. is also a really important planet because it also talks about our passion, our excitement, our drive, the mm -hmm. things that light a fire in your belly and get you like revved up and ready to go, the things that make you mm -hmm. like hot, sweaty and excited. Um, so we need Mars. And similarly with Saturn, Saturn is cold, restrictive boundaries, limitations, structures like that can be uncomfortable to deal with people who are really cold or really distant or mm -hmm. really difficult hierarchies and structures and governments, you know, I think are things people have challenges with. But mm -hmm. Saturn's energy is also really necessary because we need discipline. We need structures in order to grow and achieve and reach the next level in order to attain. And so within all of the energies, I would say each of them could express positively or negatively. You could have a planet mm -hmm. that's really, really powerful and benefic like Jupiter expand something that you don't want expanded, that you would mm -hmm. prefer to have stay nice and small, that you know you might prefer a little more Saturn influence there. Like, let's limit that, let's restrict this, but Jupiter is gonna say yes and blow it up. So any of the placements can be good or bad. And so it's one of those things where I think listening to your intuition and building a relationship with your inner self is the most important relationship that you can build. And I find astrology to be really helpful in helping me deepen that relationship in some ways and helping mm -hmm. me understand maybe where I might be encouraged to grow, where I might mm -hmm. need to reach a little bit more, where I might have a little bit more luck naturally where I might be a little bit more comfortable naturally um, as well and so it's something that it gives me a tool for self-reflection where I can then listen to myself more does that make sense yeah it really does no I think the way you're saying it is perfect because I feel like that's definitely how I understand astrology to, astrology to influence my life in a sense of like it it's almost like what I'm hearing you say for me is like, it's almost kind of like a guidebook, but it's not fate. Yes. Like this, it, it, the guidebook doesn't absolutely determine like who you are and who you will be, but it helps you like identify where perhaps growing pains will start and where you might be more closed off versus open, where you're open to receiving versus, you know, not and things like that. And maybe challenges that you might face you know obviously not like as specific as possible but based on like you're saying so placements and houses like maybe perhaps you'd struggle in school versus like friendships things like that so it's like a guidebook right right in that kind of sense yeah and i would say it's not deterministic where i think some people use astrology to say this will for sure definitely happen or i can exactly mm -hmm. see this or predict this and i I have not found that to be true at all. Um, I've found okay. patterns. I've found things where I can pull out patterns and say things that then sometimes do come true and I'm surprised by mm -hmm. them, but it's it's not where I'm looking at it and saying, oh, this is for sure happening because the astrology says this. It's more, oh, I can kind of see the energetic currents playing out. And I think we all go through life and we start to become familiar with patterns of experience and so you you kind of start to learn okay what what is possible here what might happen mm -hmm. and then if you start to look at the energy and say okay last time this happened this is how it played out in my life 
I think it might play out like this and starting to see mm-hmm. what energetic patterns come up is just a really interesting technique and practice that I've been employing. Yeah, I think that's definitely the healthiest way to look at it too in terms of just like an overall outlook on everything because I think something that I originally struggled with when I was first starting my journey and especially like learning about this kind of thing, I was so afraid to start healing because I was so sure that I was stuck with who I was. I I didn't think I could expand. I didn't think I could heal. I didn't think I could grow. I didn't think I could get to a place where I wouldn't resent the person I was. And I thought, I, I looking back now, especially like just having this conversation is making me think, I think I was so stuck in this like fear of fate being like a predetermined destiny that cannot change, cannot be adjusted. And I think that that's definitely a very, very common misconception people have is and it's basically like we've talked about in the conversation of, you know, like the multi universe is happening and like having several different realities available to you at all times. I think people are so closed off to that concept that if you believe in fate or you fear fate, it's because you fear there's only one option available to you. And I think astrology, the way it might really positively intersect with that conversation is to say no like these these are the patterns that have you know been shown clear to be about you based on how astrology exists in other people's lives and how you've grown up and etc and letting that be like your guidebook to determine okay maybe i'm going to struggle here let me work on like this inner child work or shadow work here and let that be your guidebook for the expansion rather than so restrictive yes yes i love that i love amazing okay I'm like you explaining and then I'm clarifying how I think I'm interpreting it. So I'm making sure I'm right. This is such a, it's such a cool conversation to have, but I think, you know, like I said, the way you're explaining it, it, it's not only very poetic, but you obviously know what you're talking about very, very much. And astrology, I think when you get into it the way you have, and you're building a career out of it, it's, it's a whole nother genre of learning. Like it's, it's like a whole degree in itself. And there's, there's so many tears to it. And it's just so impressive how much, you know, (laughs) because I'm like, okay, I know about this much, a little smidge. Sometimes I still feel like I only know a little smidge. Cause like, honestly, there are people who've studied this for 20 plus years and like, you know, are still studying. And someday I hope that that's me. Um, But for now, I'm very grateful to be, you know, where I'm at on this journey and continuing to learn. I love it. So kind of on the same notion of astrology and fate, if you guys don't know, which I guess you do because I said it at the beginning and so did Sarah, but she also does a lot of tarot reading. So I would love for you to explain how astrology and tarot intersect. Yeah. So I think they're both mirrors for energy where astrology is a cosmic mirror. It's a larger scale mirror, and there are a lot of different ways to interpret it. The stars are always moving, um, and you can look at it individually, like where the current planets are and how that energy might play out. You can look at it in conjunction with your own personal chart and see what are the transits doing relative to my natal placements, and I think that's always really interesting to do. 
but tarot is a little bit different because you're pulling cards so it's not mm -hmm. you're not looking at fixed celestial placements where it's mathematically calculated exactly where they're going to be and it's predetermined and that kind of thing it's a little bit more flexible where you can kind of get a different kind of conversation um mm -hmm. but it is still a mirror of energy in a similar way where i find that when you do a tarot reading it's reflecting the energy of where you're at and this is one of those things where i find energy can really shift where sometimes people will have a reading and they'll say oh it said one thing but it didn't exactly happen that way and i find that mm. one of the reasons for that can be that your energy has shifted since mm -hmm. the tarot reading um mm -hmm. so i find tarot to be much more like immediate reflective like what's happening in the current moment where's my energy right now um and looking into the more immediate future rather than like astrology i like to look a little bit longer and find it easier to look mm -hmm. at longer transits of energy like year long um whereas with tarot when i've done like a full year spread ahead of time i've had some accuracy and some luck with that but it also starts to get really ambiguous because it's just really mm -hmm. far out if that makes sense yeah i feel like i definitely <laughs> i definitely want to agree with that because <laughs> i actually just had my first like actual ever reading in person and um some of the things she said like horrified me and i was oh, so no. scared <laughs> oh no <laughs> okay so she didn't tell me i was gonna die but she's she said to me let me get your opinion on this okay yeah. jess and i were just like dying of laughter i couldn't handle it i walked out of there sobbing oh that's not a good sign <laughs> i know okay so she said that my career was going to be incredible. I was going to achieve everything I wanted. And I was like, on board, let me leave right now while I'm ahead. She's like, no, no. Then she tells me, I will never, ever fall in love in my entire life because you're too career focused. You're not open. And then she says, you're an old soul that committed sins in a past life and you're paying for them now, meaning you're not allowed to fall in love. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. So that's what she said. I am in stunned silence for those of you who can't see. Um, okay, so as a tarot reader, if you go to a tarot reader and they tell you anything like that, leave and do not pay them. Oh yeah, my god! I, yeah, I also spent a hundred dollars on that. So I'm sorry. That is um, not okay to say to someone. I really don't believe that. Like, that's the kind of thing that you one can see real like i know to should say to someone how is that going yeah. to help them um so when i'm looking at tarot or astrology i'm i'm never trying to be dishonest with the energy that i'm mm -hmm. seeing if i do see something that might be restrictive or challenging or an area for growth or improvement i'm always going to try to be honest with that and if the cards are coming up and saying something of course but the point for me of astrology and tarot so much is to empower and uplift us into being mm -hmm. the best possible version of ourselves that we can be for us and the betterment of the entire world like oh beautiful so she did not buy into that <laughs> okay lauren i'm just gonna say looking at your chart you have a beautiful seventh house cancer which is really romantic and emotional and sentimental and sweet and the ruler of cancer is in your fifth house which has to do with pleasure um 
it's ruled by Taurus, so which is ruled by Venus, so there's definitely like a romantic element there. Your ruler of Venus Ooh. is in the tenth house of career, so I think your career is important to you. It's probably important to have somebody who's going to support your career, uplift yes. you, not like hold you back. But I think there's a lot of potential and possibility there. Thank God. Okay, good, good, good. I was I was a little terrified for a little bit. I called my mom after, and I was like, guess what? I'm never going to fall in love. She's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I was a little scared, but also, like, I've never been in love yet, but I also, like, I, I know who I am, and I feel like I'm a very physical, affectionate person. Like, my love language is a thousand percent words of affirmation. So... I see the way I receive that from friends and people I've dated. Like, I've never been that person that thinks I'm never going to find love one day. Like, I know it's out there, but right now in a, I'm definitely in a place where, like, I'm so career-focused because I'm building a business. But I'm also, like, I'm t almost 25. Like, it's a good time to have fun and enjoy and just date and, like, just put myself out there. So... That's interesting, but thank you for saying that because now I feel affirmed that one day I will be in love. Yeah, I wouldn't worry. With your cap rising, like, you know what you want. Uh -huh. And so I think that that's something where as you go through time, you're going to know when it's the time and when it's the person that you want to be with. Oh my gosh, love it. Okay, thank God. I was a little, I was a little scared. No, but, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that happened. No, it's uh, if any of you have ever been to a reading like this in the past, I just want to like validate you and let you know that um, you're not doomed. I promise. Energies can change. Yes. Energies are always fluctuating. Yeah. Um, and we have so much more control than we're taught that we do. Yeah, I completely agree with that too. Um, I think to round us out, I would assume people showing up, like definitely my question would be if I were listening to this podcast is how do I, how do, how do the people listening begin to learn about tarot, learn about astrology, learn about their chart? What resources do you recommend for them? Where do you, I feel like it's one of those things where you can be so excited to learn about, but the prospect is just so overwhelming. So as someone who's an expert, where do you recommend beginners begin? Yeah, I think YouTube is a really great resource. One of the things that I did when I was starting out was just watching the transits, watching a, an astrologer talk about the current transits, like the new moon and full moon, especially what was going on. And then as they talked about it, I could start to figure out the language and start to recognize mm -hmm. patterns and go, okay, this is what they're talking about. And this is how it relates to each other. And watching them go through it and point, at, point it out in the actual circle format um, really helped me become more familiar and comfortable with looking at charts in that round circular format which is really I think the best way mm -hmm. to look at any chart um, but it is a little bit daunting mm -hmm. and at the beginning there's a little bit of a barrier to entry in terms of information so things to look for I would say when you're starting out I would really recommend looking at the angles of the chart first because those are what set up the foundation of any chart so that's the ascendant so the rising sign um, and then you might also be interested to look at your midheaven um, which is the highest point of the it's the highest point in the sky at the moment of birth um, so it talks about our most external focus of energy when we're putting energy outward into the world um, it, it's one that we look at for career especially mm -hmm. um, 
So that might be one to look at. Then the opposite point of that is the IC. This is one that might be really interesting to look at during Leo season um, because it has to do with the inner child. Mm. Um, it has to do with the subconscious mind and the roots of the chart. That's the opposite point of the MC. And then the descendant is the opposite point of the ascendant and talks more about how we partner with other people. So I would start by looking at those points. Um, then I might familiarize myself with the houses mm -hmm. which there are 12 of them mm -hmm. the houses represent different areas of life okay. um and so it's really cool to look at in a circle and see how they relate to each other so the first house or the ascendant um the ascendant determines the first house so the first house and the ascendant are correlated in whole sign astrology um the first house has to talk talks about self it has to do with our identity it has to do with our physical body it has to do with our soul the seventh house is opposite the first house in the chart and it talks about partnership, coming together with other people, and one-on-one -on -one relationships. So you can kind of see how those are mm -hmm. opposites in a way. And then the 10th house, which is usually correlated with the Midheaven. The Midheaven doesn't always fall in the 10th house, but the 10th house talks about career, our work, our external focus of energy. And then the 4th house opposite that talks about our home and family, our mm -hmm. roots, our subconscious mind so you can kind of see how they play off of each other yeah that's interesting um so i would look at the houses next i think most people are a little bit familiar with the signs but starting to get familiar with the mm -hmm. signs and then a natural extension of that is the planets and the planets correlate to the signs because each one each sign has a planetary ruler um that will influence the energy of that sign and how it portrays interesting very very cool yes i think the next thing i have to say i don't know enough about all the signs so that's definitely something i want to learn about um the planetary ruling that's that's really interesting um yeah hmm. i love definitely planetary. i need to have you on the podcast again <laughs> i feel like we could go talking for like hours we really could. There's so much that we could go yes, into. Yes, I feel like, yeah, I just need to have you on as, like, informational. Time to learn with Sarah podcast. <laughs> learn about astrology. Like, episode one. Yes, like, quarterly, where we, you need to start a podcast. That's what I'll have to say. You need to. It's oh. in the works. <laughs> we love to hear that. Okay, yes. That is perfect news, as you guys will all go follow her. Um, okay. So the thing I wanted to end on, I think this would be really cool. Why don't you share with everyone what the next major astrology event happening is, what they can do to prepare for it, or a ritual people can practice, or just any little tidbit of information. Oh, what counts as major? I have no you tell me, girlfriend. <laughs> this is one of the things I run into. I was just talking about this with my boyfriend the other day where I look at other astrologers and I'm like, how do you choose mm -hmm. which transits are the most important to mm -hmm. focus on? Because there are so many happening all the time yeah. where it's like, I could focus on this, I could focus on this, I could focus on that. Uh, I think there's a lot happening right now that are just really interesting. Okay. One of the big ones is um, Neptune retrograde, which Neptune talks about our dreams, our fantasies, our delusions, our illusions. Um, and so with it retrograde, which started pretty recently, I think at the end of last month, we might be reconsidering our dreams, might be reconsidering our, or thinking about differently our big picture life, our big picture goals and going, okay, how am I actually going to implement mm -hmm. structures around this? How am I gonna make this 
real how am i going to bring this into my reality um so that's i think a really interesting one and it might be interesting to look at where this neptune retrograde is happening in your chart currently we're moving through leo season and we will be until the end mid end of august august 22nd um leo season is ruled by the sun so this is an interesting one where it's fun to look at the pattern of the sun and if you think about the movement of the sun it rises in the morning it's visible during the day and then it sets at night and leo is represented by the lion it's very playful it's very creative it's very fiery and driven and fun um level leo bold energy like the sun leadership energy and so during leo season something that i'm trying to be really mindful of is moving in conjunction with the sun so rising in the morning when mm. the sun rises trying to get up moving through my day being bold being playful being creative mm. being expansive oh, I love and then that. when the sun goes down at the end of the day trying to remind myself rest is part of this like rest is one of like if you think about a lion lounging in the sun yeah laying living, out that that rest is life. really important exactly and yeah. so i'm trying to make time for that kind of leo lounging as well um so that might be something worth considering as we move through the season and then as we move into virgo season i think we might notice more of a shift i think it's really interesting that we go back to school in the fall around virgo season because virgo season is all about organization and ah, details and yes. like getting all those things in place and just like reminds me of the smell of new school supplies yeah and like, that feels very like virgo energy to me. you know that. like walking through the office supply aisle like yeah my get favorite place in the whole world <laughs> oh, girl me too <laughs> like that is my heaven that is my happy place it is where i find peace and serenity <laughs> i'm almost i'm in the process of getting a new office and i'm so excited i love that love it there is nothing better i could spend thousands upon thousands of dollars on just office supplies and building out like this beautiful can't wait to have a team one day because i'm going to supply them with the coolest shit <laughs> yes absolutely like color-coded paper clips i'm like all the things we love solid virgo energy that's amazing um there was one last question i just thought of that i wanted to ask you that has escaped my head Oh, okay. I asked you this when I did my reading with you months ago, but just to let the people know, because I've always thought this was really cool. So like I said, at the very beginning of this podcast, I, for almost my entire life, wasn't into this conversation, didn't buy into it, but I knew, well, I thought I knew what my sign was. I always thought I was a Leo, always, until I got to college because I'm a cusp. Now, if I remember correctly, you don't like really have a lot of like belief in cusp cusp energy do you is that correct so it's one of those things where i feel like my belief on it has shifted slightly since we talked about it where when we okay. talked i was like very firm like if it's in one sign it's in that yeah. sign and it's sort of like crossing the boundaries of a country like if you cross the border into france mm -hmm. are you in France or not in France like yeah. you know straddling the line it's like well you're there um now I find I found that as I've expanded to explore other house systems as an overlay where I find whole sign houses to be the basis of my how I look at charts how I prefer to look at them as like 
the foundation. But then I'm finding that equal houses and quadrant houses as overlays can be really interesting in just giving a different perspective to the energy. And I found it to be mm-hmm. sort of accurate. And so I looked at my mm-hmm. my own personal chart in a quadrant house system and actually was really surprised by how much sense some of the placements made when they had shifted mm-hmm. houses or shifted signs. Um, so before I would say absolutely not now i would say it kind of depends on how you're looking at the chart whereas if you're looking at it in a whole sign chart i would say like yeah you're a virgo i would call you a virgo i would you know you do have leo in your chart still because we all have all 12 signs in our Mm -hmm. chart but i would i would consider that a virgo sign but it might be interesting to look at that in a quadrant house system too and see what house that would place your sun in yeah, I need to do another reading with you and, and go through some of that because I've always thought that I definitely have like very fiery Leo energy. I feel like I embody like the, the more fiery qualities of a Leo, but definitely, definitely resonate more with like the Virgo qualities. Um, so that's just interesting. Just wanted to throw that out there because I, I, I just can't believe like I for most of my life thought I was a Leo. <laughs> well, I think also like having the ruler of your ascendant in Aries like Saturn and Aries for you adds that like fiery quality to that yeah. Capricorn energy, which is yeah. almost, it's almost like a Leo energy when you kind of pair those yeah. two together where Capricorn's got that leadership quality, that ambition, that yeah. drive. And Aries has that initiative, that fire, that spark, that passion. So yeah, I, I feel like I a thousand percent like that, that just like says who I am because I'm so comfortable in the spotlight. Like my, goal is to become a motivational speaker i love being a leader like i've always been strongest in any type of small or big leadership positions like they make me feel really confident i love doing that kind of stuff so that's really interesting i need to i need to do another reading with you yeah we should because i'm just like looking at your chart while you're talking about this and being like oh there's so many things happening here love it love it oh this was fabulous this flew by i really do like have to have you on the podcast again because i want to as i'm learning like selfishly i definitely want to have you on just to like continue my education yes i'd love that (laughs) but thank you thank you so so much sarah this has been fabulous i know that this is going to be a very very popular episode because i think that this is definitely like a a really hot topic and anyone who listens to this podcast like i'm sure is very into this kind of stuff so i'm so happy to have you on thank you so so much awesome well thank you so much for having me it's been such an honor to be here yes you are so welcome you will be back and i will make sure that people come prepared with questions so we can dive into more like intricacies of this but you guys know the spiel sarah thank you so much this was fabulous i love you all so so dearly and i will see all of you beautiful souls next week